praise the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. It is so good to see each one of us, of you, and to be here with you today. I know that God has something special for us. I fought a major battle getting here. And all the time I knew that there was something the devil was trying to fight. And I thank God that he's always victorious. It doesn't matter how the devil raises the standard. God's standard is higher yet. So that's why he says if the rivers go higher, they will not be able to drown us. So God showed me his favor and his mercy as I traveled here and I got here safely. And I am so, so thankful for all the people who prayed. Some of you prayed because of my cold. For five weeks, I have coughed and coughed and coughed. I couldn't talk. I couldn't laugh. Sometimes my husband would make a joke and then I would, instead of laughing, I would cough and cough. And finally I told him, you can't be funny anymore. (laughs) So I just had this struggle for five weeks. And yesterday I stood up, I talked, no cough. And today I'm not going to cough. Glory to Jesus. So I am just so excited and just so happy to be in your presence. The worship time was just so rich. And as we were worshiping, the Lord spoke to me about uh, an eagle or any bird that is sitting on its egg. That bird sits on its egg without feeling anything. It doesn't feel anything under it, but it just sits there and patiently waits. So even when I don't feel anything, you are doing something. And when the time comes, the eggs break into little baby birds. So let us wait on God. Let us sit on that egg until it is time. Then it's going to bust into what he has intended for it to be. Praise the Lord. Praise Jesus. So, so happy to be here with y'all and to hear what God has for us. I asked, what is your theme this year? And I was told it's the year of distinction. And I thought, wow, year of distinction. There is something that God wants to do in that church and to make them a people who are distinct in the community. What does it mean to be distinct? What does distinction mean? Is it just a nice big word that we found? Or is it something that we want to aspire to become? Is that the goal? To become people who are distinguished? Sometimes when you go to an event and they say, oh, the distinguished guest is here. You know that mukubu amefanya nini? Amenkia. And so you, you, uh, you just kind of look around, yes, and they come in and they have their coat and their tie, or if it's a lady, she's dressed nicely like me, you know, and, <laughs> and she comes in and you know that now we are ready to hear something. So as you talk about the year of distinction, it's a year that stands out. It's not a common year. 2020, even it has a beautiful sound to it, 2020. And my brother-in-law said, this year we are going to see clearly because we are going to have a 2020 vision. 
So we thank God for this year of 2020 and the year of distinction, the year of standing out. CCI Fort Wayne is going to stand out. Where? In Fort Wayne. It's not going to be like any other church in Fort Wayne. Is that your prayer? Is that your desire? To be a distinguished people, a people who stand out in the community. I remember when I first came in America, this was quite a few years ago, and I came here to go to school. I was in Jackson, Mississippi, and I went to school, and as I, I was there, I should be doing this. Did it change? Yes. Before I came, I heard about all the wealth in America, and it felt like money grew on the trees, eh? You just went and picked whatever you wanted. Anybody else thought of that? Yeah, or heard that? So when I came, some Americans helped pay for my school fees. Mm, that was like, oh, they have money. And then I would take trips, like we took a trip from college, and we went all the way to Los Angeles and California, and somebody paid for that trip. And then when it was time for, I came in the fall, so the next season was spring, so I kind of kept my fall clothes. But in the summer, somebody cleaned out a lady who was the same size as me. She cleaned out her closet, and she brought all her clothes to me. So I was given clothes. And then when I needed to go to church or to the store, somebody offered a ride. So that was reinforcing that to me. When I visited their homes, they had so many things in their homes the Americans did. And so I started thinking, it must be true that there is a tree somewhere where they get all this money. I will come back to that. In the book of Matthew, chapter 25, verses 32 through 46, that's what we are going to read. And my friend Iman is gone. Anybody else would like to read for me? Don't know any of younger people's names. You want to read for me, Martha? Sure. Come. Yeah, come. It's all the way to 46. If you want to stand and face the camera. Uh, Matthew 25, 32 to 46. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you, are the blessed by my, you, you who are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, 
When did, you, when, did, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and, you, and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. Then he will say to those on the left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? And he will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did, you did not do for one of the least of this. You did not do it, do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. That is the word, the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word, Lord Jesus. And as we look into it, dear Father, we ask that you open our eyes. We ask that you open our heart, dear God, to understand it to be taught by it, to be corrected by it, dear God, to be challenged by it, dear Jesus. And Father, that um, as Susan prayed, that we will not walk out of this place the same because we have been in your presence and you have spoken to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So we just read a real good scenario that is going to happen when the King of Kings coming back. For he is surely coming back. He is definitely coming back. Verse 32 says, All the nations will be, will, will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another. As a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put, he will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Many of us have come from a country where we know the difference between goats and sheep, right? We know that goats will run into the trash and eat whatever is in there, right? While the sheep will not eat trash. They wait until there is good pastures for them to eat off of. So Jesus is saying here, there is a difference between sheep and goats. And he already has, is separating them, the sheep and the goats. And as Christians, we are his sheep. And he is our chief shepherd. And then he puts other shepherds in, in place for, for them to help guide the flock uh, for Jesus' sake and for his kingdom and for his glory. So, um, one day, he's coming back, church. Do you believe that? Do you believe that he's coming back? Yes, he is. And all the peoples will see him. And all the peoples will be gathered in his presence. 
and they will see him in all his glory and majesty. The Bible says in the book of Revelation that he's coming on a white horse. Sometimes when the sun is just coming, like there's this rays of sunshine, I just imagine it right, right there. The sky will just unfold, and there he will be, and we will see him. The Bible teaches us that we will all see him. He is not going to come in the darkness. It might be dark somewhere, but he, we are all going to see Jesus when he comes back. What side are we going to end up on when he comes back and we see him? That's an exciting thing to think he's coming back and we're going to see him. To be distinguished, what did the sheep do that he put on his right hand? What did they do for the kingdom for them to become distinguished? What did they do? Yes, that's what they did. <laughs> yeah? They served others. They served others. So let us look at this word distinction and see when it becomes a reality for us. To become distinct, we give instead of taking. We extend our hands to give instead of receiving. That is when we become distinct. Jesus continues to say to those who are distinct, they said, how those sheep on his right hand, they said, Jesus, what did we do to deserve being on your right hand instead of your left? And he starts going down the list. And I love it when Jesus goes down the list because he's explaining it so that we can all understand from the youngest to the oldest person and the middle people. He doesn't want anybody left behind or left that did not understand. They fed the hungry. Oops. <laughs> what did I do? Okay. They fed the hungry. I want you to notice something about my picture. Usually when we talk about hungry people, what pictures do we see? Of what? Homeless people. To me, when we talk about hungry people, I see little African babies, malnourished, and uh, little babies from Ethiopia. Just, and they are there. I'm not saying they're not. But I want to bring you here. I want us to come here. The first time, I remember the first time I saw a homeless white person. I was in, in, uh, in California. And his feet were dry and cracked. You know how we say, what do we call those? Miatuka. And, and, and he was sleeping in a, in a box, like a refrigerator box. That was his, his little place. And, I, and, and that was a moment of, wake up, Lois. Wake up, wake up. There are issues here. There's homeless people here. There's, hom there's people who are hungry. Look at this little white girl. And she has a sign that says, I am hungry. 
So if you have been thinking we only have hungry people in Africa, they are here too. They are here in Fort Wayne, and I'm going to tell you where they are. They are here. So don't think that Jesus wants you to be sending all your dollars back to Africa to feed your relatives and to feed your neighbors because they are the only people in the world who are hungry. I'm not saying don't send dollars back. That's not my point. My point is that there is needs here as well. And this, because this is where we are, when Jesus comes back and he asks and he's separating the sheep, the sheep and the goats, are you going to be found as a sheep that fed the hungry? Are you going to be a sheep that fed the hungry where you are? Or what are you going to be found doing? Are you seeing these people that I need and need help? He also told them that they clothed the naked. There are so many clothes in America. <laughs> I remember the first time I went back to Kenya, my, the president of the college where I was, she took me to a, to a, to a thrift shop. And she said, just get whatever you need to take back. There was so much clothes. This was used clothes, but still it was in good shape. So I got a whole bunch of clothes and took them back to Africa. But there are still people who don't have them. There are still people who are naked. And sometimes I, I, yeah, I feel a little embarrassed because I grew up in a household where my mom had closets, not a closet, closets of clothes. So you know what Lois does? She has closets of clothes. And to come to the Lord and say, how can I clothe those who are around me that are naked? Because they are there. And to go through those closets and pull, not the torn clothes, or the ones that I don't like anymore, but some of my favorite things and give them out to those who are naked around me. How are you with your clothes, with your food? Are you keeping it to yourself when there is a neighbor or somebody else that needs those things? Not wants, but needs them. They visited those in prison. That's what Jesus says. They visited those in prison. Right now, the, no, last year, 2019, there were 2.3 million people in America who were in prison. 2.3 million people were in prisons last year. That is more than 10 times the population of Fort Wayne. That's how many people were in prison last year. Do you ever hear stories of people in prison? It's not a pleasant place. Nobody wants to be there. It's not a fun place. There was a time that I worked with a ministry that had, had interest in people who were in prison. And some of the stories I heard, they were the kind of stories that make you scared to do anything wrong. The people who are in there, it's not a picnic. 
Yes, they get food, they get clothes, they get medical care, they get all those things. But you don't have your freedom. You can't go and come as you want. Um, it, it is not a pleasant place to be. When was the last time you even thought about those who are in prison here in America? When was the last time you prayed for them or even thought about going to visit a prison? Jesus is coming back, and the sheep are going to be those who visited those who are in prison. They gave drinks to the thirsty. They gave drinks to the thirsty. Have you ever been thirsty? Even when I said that word, you started thinking about something to drink, right? Have you ever been really, really thirsty? Like you had to have a drink. There are so many people who are thirsty around us. They need just a drink. And I'm going to spiritualize this and say there are people who are thirsty for a spiritual drink. They don't know Jesus. So many of them around us. And do you know what else has happened here in America? The nations have come here now. We don't have to go to Iraq or Iran or uh, Nepal or Turkey or any other country to find the nations that come and they bring their gods. Where I work, I work with a Muslim lady. She wears a hijab. I work with a Buddhist man. I work with a Jewish lady. I work with a... Two other people that don't believe in God at all. And these people are hungry. They are thirsty for the truth. And they are looking for it, but all in the wrong places. So how can we offer them a drink of the truth? And that is why, my brothers and sisters, God has us here. Queen Esther says, for such a time as this, we did not come to America to sleep. We are here for a purpose. And the purpose is not to go and work three or four doubles so you have a lot of money in your pocket and you can send it home. Again, there is nothing wrong with sending money home. But God has a higher purpose, people. And we need to find what his purpose is and follow that purpose so that we become the sheep that are going to stand on his right hand. What is that purpose? Why am I here, Lord Jesus? Why did you open the door for me to come to America? Why was the door opened for me? There were so many other people who wanted to come when I came. Same for you, right? I remember when I went to the embassy, there was a lady there. She really wanted to come and they didn't give her a visa. She got so mad and she looked at that Muzungu lady and she told her off. And she went on and on and on and on and on and she cast her out and then she left. This was a Kenyan woman. She was so upset that she did not get a visa. There are so many people like that that didn't get a visa when you did. And you can come here and relax. I don't think that's God's purpose for us. It's not for us to come here and relax. It's for us to come here and do the works of God. That is the invitation to do what God has brought us here for. And we need to find that out by asking him, Lord, where have you planted me? And who is surrounding me? And what do I need to do 
so that Jesus can be glorified. So that these people can see Jesus. They can see Jesus in me. I was talking to Susan yesterday and we both agreed that evangelism is so different in America. You cannot just pick up a loudspeaker and go in the corner and start a crusade. It is very different. But you know what? Jesus has not changed his invitation for us to be uh, makers of, of disciples. When he left, he told disciples, go into all the world and make disciples. Teaching them the things that I have taught you. That is still an invitation. Whether you are in Kenya, you are in America, whether you are in your home, or you are in your place of work, it's still an invitation to bring Jesus to the thirsty. They gave a place, the sheep gave a place to the stranger. They gave a place to the stranger. If you have been thinking of yourself as the stranger, hmm, those days are past. We are not strangers anymore. Remember how I told you when I first came how they gave me everything the Americans did? What do you think God is saying to me right now? It's my turn to start reaching out and giving back. Imagine you have a child and this child it grows up and they are always at home. They never pay anything. They never contribute to the food money or to the rent. They are just there and they are working. Would you feel good about that? The same thing. If God is blessing us, then we need to be doing this. Not just receiving, but also extending our hands to give to others. Those who are around us. So, some have given children... In the, some have given children a place to stay in the name of Jesus. There's a lot of kids out there that need fostering, that need foster parents. Can we open our doors and our hearts to those children? The other day, my brother-in-law and his wife, they had somebody in their church who is struggling to, make their, to put their marriage back together. And there's a little girl in this mix. So they said, we'll keep her for a week and give you time to work on the issues that you, that you need to do. Do you think that family was blessed for keeping that little girl? For a whole week. And she was in a healthy environment, a healthier environment than when she, where she was coming from. She was in an environment where they say, let's pray. And she saw that and she heard that. We Kenyans have come from an environment where we pray. Amen? We pray. We worship. And that is something we have, God has gifted us with. And please don't hear me that Americans don't worship or pray. But there is just something. There is just something, a little, yeah, out there that we have. So we need to bring people into our environment. Hmm? And you know, sometimes you can, you can uh, I believe that sometimes, come Susan, you can, uh, by who you walk with, you can kind of transfer spirit to that person. 
by how you talk, by how you walk. So if Susan was a little girl that I took into my house as she watches me, as she hears me say, let's pray, <laughs> and as she, she, she sees me pray and linger in the presence of the Lord, someday the Lord will bring that back to her mind. There was that lady. What did she do? She prayed. Let us not be, let us not, thank you, Susan, let us not be... Um, Keeping these blessings and these things that we have that are unique just to ourselves or to our communities. Do you know the word sambaza? Yeah, sambaza. Let us sambaza our blessings. Let us sambaza the things that the Lord has taught us to this land where he had called us to be. Distinction comes when we give instead of take. Who is blessed? The giver or the taker? <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> Sometimes when somebody gives you thing, something, you say, hey, Leonie mebarikiwa. Today I'm so blessed. What about the person who gave? They are more blessed. The Bible says in the book of Acts, chapter 20 and verse 35, in everything I did, I showed you by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. That is not if you want to, it is a must. That's what Bibles, the Bible says. We must help the weak. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to do what? Than to receive. So when we give to others, we are more blessed. They might be blessed but we are more blessed. Let us think about that. When it's time to give our food, our clothes, our houses, our drink, to offer Jesus to other people, it is more blessed to give than to receive. You know, a lot of times when we are given things, we say, Asante sana mungu wakubariki. And you know what? That is a prayer. And God hears it. When we say mungu wakubariki, that person is blessed. When will somebody bless you? Ama wewe itakuwa kila siku nikisema asanti sana mungu wakubariki. Or will somebody else be able to say those words to you? Thank you very much. God bless you. It is our time, Kenyans. It is our time to receive those blessings to those who are around us. It is our moment to receive those blessings from the Americans who are going to speak blessings upon us. Some days I feel like I represent the whole race of black people. When I go out to eat, I want to bless my waitress so well that she does not walk out of there saying, I hope I don't get another black person to serve because she left her table messy and because she didn't tip or she only gave me a dollar. The other day, my husband and I went to eat. I like to take thank you cards. I always have them in my purse. So I took a thank you. It was Christmas time, so I took a Christmas card. And I put a good tip in it, sealed it. And so when she came, I gave her this card. And she said, thank you very much. And the door was like right there, so she walked like this. 
When she got closer to the door, she took off, holding her card, her card and just shaking it for everybody to see. And later she came back and she said, thank you so much, ma'am. That made my day. A simple gesture of a card and wanting to stand out so that I'm distinguished. I am not like every other person. I want to be different. I want to replace to re present my race and my country well. So when she says, where are you from? Oh, I'm from Kenya. Oh, she's going to walk out of there thinking, those Kenyans, they know how to tip. Those Kenyans, they clean up their table after they have eaten. Those Kenyans, they bless you. That is our invitation. To bless and not to take. To bless and not to be takers. Distinction comes when we focus outward instead of inwards. If I'm just thinking about myself, then I'm not going to be a distinguished person. I'm going to always be thinking about myself, myself, myself. And you know what? We come from a warm culture. And in warm cultures, people think about people. And in cold cultures, they think about tasks. When I first came here, I, I worked at a school, and I knew some of the people that were working there. And so when we would come in in the morning, I would go maybe to get uh, copies in the printer room. Somebody would come in, they would take their copies, line them, put a paper clip on them, and walk out. And I was like, what happened today? They didn't even say good morning. Nothing was wrong. They were focused on the task. While for us, you focus on the person. And you ask them, good morning, how are you? How is your family? How are the chickens? How are the goats? You just take your time to find out how they are really doing. So, we come from that kind of culture. And nobody can tunear us that. It is ours. And we, I, I try, I mean, but it still feels kind of awkward when I don't say good morning. So when I come in, I'm usually the last person, the later person to come into the office. And I start at the first office. Hey, how are you? How was your weekend? And I listen to that when I move on to the next and the next. And yeah, and take my time connecting with people. That's who I am. So how are we going to transfer that warmth to those who do not have? How do we flesh this out in this context where we are? We stay people focused. Not that we can't do the things that we are paid to pay, pay paid to do. We need to do those things. But more than that, keep fleshing our warmth to the people. I heard a story one time. There was a team that used to come from the Christian church in Kenya. They were called the Gospel Echoes. Were you part of that? Yeah, Susan was, Susan was part of that, and so was Julie was, yes. And so they would come to America. And one time they came, and I don't know, I don't remember whose house they were staying at, but while they were there, the neighbor to this person they were staying with, lost his wife, an older couple. 
So when this woman died, they saw the hearse come and take the body and leave. And our culture, when somebody has uh, somebody die in their family, you go visit, right? To Nanda Mashakaya in the evening. So they went. This group of gospel echoes, they went to that house in the evening and they found this man all by himself. He was a Muzungu. He was sitting there all alone the day he had lost his wife. So they sat there and they sang. They were a singing group. They sang and they fellowshiped with this man. And then it was time to go home. And as they were leaving, he said, are you going to come back tomorrow? What did he need? He needed people. Sometimes we all need people. I don't know if you've been in a situation where you just need people. You need Jesus in the flesh. He needs to show up for you. So he sends people. And people come and bless you. That is us. That is us, Jesus, in the flesh. How many people in Fort Wayne are crying today? Some are in hospitals with their loved ones. Some have loved ones in jail. They are so, so lonely. Some are in places where we work. Are we comforting them? Are we there to say, I will pray for you? I have never met anybody that I have said, I will pray for you. And they say, don't, well, don't pray for me. There was one man, and it wasn't me, it was my husband. <laughs> they, they went to his house, and this was in Kenya. Two pastors, my husband and another pastor, went to visit him. They heard he was sick. And they walked in, and they told him they were pastors. And he said, I don't want to see any pastors. Get out of here. That was really, really strange, especially in Kenya. But what I'm trying to say is that we have something to give to, be, to people, and as this distinguished sheep in this year when we want to stand out we cannot help but become people of a warm culture that gives to people finances <laughs> this is a big one they can make us very self-focused whether we have or we don't when we have is my bank my bank when we don't is, God help, God help. It's just thinking about me, me, me. I want. I want. That's what you're thinking. I want a better car. I want a better house. I want more clothes. I want more boots. I want a better blanket for my bed. I, hmm. I want, I want, I want. Want, want, want. I, I, I. We have a very good example in Jesus Christ. When he came, he forgot about the I word. And he gave his all for all. What are you giving? What is he inviting you to give for all people at this time? I like what Brother Bugwa said, that you sow what you do what? You reap what you sow. So if we are not sowing, we are not going to reap. We need to be sowing. That is an invitation from the Lord. We need to be sowing. 
We need to be giving. We need to be blessing other people with everything that God has given to us. There is a woman in the scriptures who gave with total abandon. She gave it all. In Luke chapter 7 verse 38, we find this woman who came to Jesus. And as Jesus was sitting there with the other guys, his feet were tired. They were dirty from walking. They wore sandals. And it wasn't um, a very beautiful place to be walking. But she came and she took his feet. And with her emotions, she started to cry over her sins, over her life, over this Savior who had come. And she poured these tears on his feet. And then she took her hair. Now, ladies, taking your hair and wiping somebody's feet, she wiped those feet with her tears. Not only did she do that, then she had brought a perfume that was very expensive and she poured on his feet and kissed those feet. What was she holding back? Absolutely nothing. She gave her hair, which was physical. She gave her tears, which was emotional. She gave her perfume, which was finances. She gave everything. What are you holding back from the Lord? What is he asking you to give? And the thing I love when I give to the Lord, the Bible says give and it will be given back to you. A good measure, hmm? shaken down, pressed down, and running over. That should not be our primary purpose of giving that I'm giving so I can receive, but it's part of why we give. Let us give with total abandon. Lord, you asked me to give my finances. How much did you want me to give in that, in that issue? And the Lord prompts you with a number and you say, let me add $10 to that. Super sizes for the Lord. And the Lord is going to super, supersize his blessings upon your life. Bonas, if you will. Are we still together? I see you. I see you over there. I see that you are awake and receiving the word of the Lord. Distinction comes when we seek opportunities instead of blessings. Seeking opportunities instead of blessings. An opportunity, the word opportunity, is a favorable circumstance. Something that is going to be good for me is an opportunity. I had an opportunity. Like I've had this opportunity to be with, here, with you here in Fort Wayne. That is an opportunity. Seeking uh, opportunities instead of blessings. Opportunities to do what? Opportunities to bless other people. Opportunities to give instead of what we can receive. The statistics tell us that in 2019, there were 321 million Americans. Oops, sorry. There were 329 million Americans. 65% of them know Jesus, 
that leaves about 115 million without Jesus. 115 million people that don't know Jesus. 41 million live with hunger issues. And I told you earlier that 2.3 million people are in jail. That's why I'm saying God did not bring us here to sit and relax and get fat. Not just physically, we can also get fat in our spirit. That we come and we are fed every Sunday. And you know what people start doing? It starts coming out. And it's not a good thing. It smells bad. Because you are not producing anything to show of what you are being fed. So, let us be the kind of people that see these needs in America. They have me needs. And I believe God sent us here for a greater purpose to serve here and to bless here. We are not over there. We are here. Maybe you tell me, oh, Lois, I don't have money to give. You can pray. And yesterday we talked with the ladies and we agreed that when it's time for the news, watch the news. Because it, it, um, it tells us what is happening out there so we can pray. Not so that we can be fearful, but so we can pray. I have a husband, we watch the news together, and at the end of the news, he prays about what we just saw. World issues, American issues, our neighborhood issues, our city's issues, they need to be brought before the Lord. And if you believe in the power of prayer, he's going to do something. He is going to change situations. And prayer changes things definitely. Let us pray. Let us pray for this great land where the Lord has planted us for this time. Let us listen to what is going on politically. We can change that in the heavenlies because of what we believe and who our God is. Serve here. Bless here. Who likes bananas like me? Anybody like bananas? I know I do. I love my bananas. Um, one time when I was a little girl, my mama gave me a bunch of bananas like that, and she said, go throw this in the trash. We lived in a, the houses were in a row, and in the, and another row on the other side, and in the middle, there was a trash can for all the people to use, a big trash can, and we would throw all our trash there. She said, go throw this in the trash can. And I thought, that is strange. Perfectly good bananas. Why should I throw them in the trash? But I was obedient. I knew if I didn't, I was going to get them. So I took my, the bananas and took them and threw them in the trash. Then I came back and I was, I was really not very sure. My mama was feeling very well that day. And then I looked down the street and here was a madman that lived in our town coming down through the trash cans. He was looking for something to eat. And he would stop at every trash can. And whatever was there, he would eat if there was something. And then he came to our trash can. And guess what was there for him? A bunch of bananas. So he stood there and he ate and he ate and he ate. 
And I learned something from my mama. I learned that somebody needs to feed even the madman. They need to eat as well. So who is feeding the madman in Fort Wayne? Who's taking care of them? The homeless people. Who's feeding them? And today, God is calling you to feed them. You cannot say anymore, I didn't know. I'm a sikusikia. Because God sent me from Pennsylvania to come and tell you that they are here and they need food. They are here and they need to eat. Thank you. Are we going to feed them or just leave them alone? Thirdly, distinction comes when we seek opportunities. When we seek the opportunities, oh, I was there already. <laughs> That's, I'm just repeating myself there. Let's talk a little bit about Fort Wayne. There are about 360 churches in Fort Wayne. That's why it's called the city of churches. There are so many churches here. When I tried to figure out, like, uh, the whole population and how many churches there are, there are enough churches here for 750 people, every church to have 750 people. That's a big uh, number of churches for a city this, this, this small, for a city of this size. How could the, can the Christian Church International in Fort Wayne become a flock of distinguished sheep this year? Out of all the churches in this city, how can you be different? How can you be different? And I look around and I see more than maybe 20 people, more than maybe 30. I can't estimate very well, but whatever our number is, we are more than 12. How many did Jesus have? And look what the gospel has come to even to our day out of 12 disciples. So how much more can we do? They didn't have smartphones, they didn't have texts, they didn't have telephones, they didn't have cars, and they spread the good news. What about us? How much more can we do as a congregation? And we are not small. We are small in Jesus' name. We are a big church. We can do a lot. Every one of us has been given to share. And we can do a lot more than we think. We can, we can, we can. So many we can. Yeah. Uh -uh. We can. Yeah. Yes, we can because of Christ. Not out of our own power or out of what we can do, but because of Christ has given to us. We can have the largest outreach in this city. I believe in Fort Wayne there are 200... Oops, where am I? I'm lost. <laughs> okay. In Fort Wayne, there are 265,000 people. 3,500 3, of them are homeless. Who is feeding them? Remember that gospel echo story I told you? That man, when they went to his house, he did not say, don't come in here. You are Africans. 
he opened the door and he said, when are you coming back again? When people are hurting, when they are needy, it doesn't matter what you look like or where you come from. We need people. We need each other. So let us go out there and see what God has for us. Let us embrace our, our, our blessings. Let us spread them everywhere. I didn't ask you a pastor, but I don't think he would be opposed to you all starting a ministry to the homeless people. I don't think he would be opposed if you collected clothes and took them to a homeless shelter. I don't think he would be opposed if you wanted to cook a good Kenyan meal. And whoo, yesterday I knew there were cooks here. The food we ate was so, so good. And cook that meal and take it to a neighbor who just came from the hospital. That can be ministries that we look out for. And God will definitely bless us. Before I talk about that, let's go back to my tree. When I first came to America, remember my tree that I believe that had so much money and we could just go to it and just get whatever we wanted? Now God is opening my eyes to see that there are so many needs here and there is no tree. There is Lois, there is you and you and you and me. And that's who he wants to use. So, my husband and I go to a little church in a Section 8 apartment complex, and these are our members. There's, one, there's two people who just joined us this month and the person who was taking the picture. So you can count and see how many people are there. That's our congregation. And one person who does not, cannot leave the bed, she is, she, she is bedridden. So what we do is we... Facebook her and streamline our service. We have a streamlined service. Live streamline. <laughs> and uh, that's our claim to fame. And we, 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 we are, and these people. And we celebrate life together. There they are celebrating my birthday with a cake. And we celebrate each other's birthdays. And we sit together and we sing praises to Jesus. They love to sing. And we sing in more than four-part harmonies. We have so many parts. It doesn't matter. It's praises to the king. And then we sit together and we look at the word. And that is a rich time. What am I saying? I have learned that there are these people that are very, very needy. There is people that need to hear about Jesus right here in America. Before I start, we started this ministry, I went around in our city of Lancaster and went to the different, there are so many um, apartment complexes, Section 8. You know what I mean by Section 8? The government pays, subsidizes their rent. So these are people who don't have much money, much, yeah, and a lot of people in wheelchairs, sickly, and just people who need people to come in and bring Jesus into. These people cannot get out to go to church on Sunday morning. So we go there Sunday evenings. Is that something that you people can do? Go there and raise your hands and praise with them. And, and just, yeah, it is something we can do. And we are equipped for it. 
because we know Jesus and we didn't find out about him when we got to America. We have known about him for years and some of us for generations. What are we doing with that? Where are these people in your community? They need Jesus as well. They need Jesus. They need Jesus. We are so, so blessed. We are a blessed people. Say many amen. amen. <laughs> we know Jesus. That's a major blessing, isn't it? We know Jesus. A major blessing. Sometimes I look at people and they are hurting and they are struggling. And I'm like, what do people who don't have Jesus do? Because I know where to go. I know to go to Jesus. There are so many people here who don't know Jesus. We have families. There are many people who don't have families. We have community right here. We have community. There are many people who don't have community. We have peace of mind. So many people who don't. We have homes. Hmm? And you find Americans who are homeless. Every evening. Isn't that a blessing? We have cars. We get on this road and drive. You know, when I see somebody walking, especially in the winter, sometimes I know in the summer people might want to walk, but in the winter when it's cold, and I always go back to where I grew up. I grew up in a, in a community where we would go and get firewood. How many have ever carried firewood? Yeah? Put it on your back. And you walk all the way home with that firewood. You walk down the hill. I used to walk down the hill. And your legs start shaking because of all the weight on your back. And nowadays when I'm driving down the street. And I see somebody walking. I want to pray. Say, Lord, you did this for me. I believe you can do it for that person. Don't just drive by. Unawachia vumbi. That is not what God is inviting us to do. In Genesis, and we have jobs. Amen. Amen. And we like our jobs. Amen. Amen. We have jobs and we like, oh, thank you so much. I, I was just going to leave it there. Thank you, sister. Appreciate it. We have jobs. We thank God. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 2, the Bible says to Abraham, God is saying to Abraham, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I am not just going to bless you so that you sit there and get fat. I am going to bless you so you will be a blessing. And you know what? We are blessed because of Abraham. We have been engrafted into the community that our Abraham's children, and he has become our father. So we are blessed because of him. Who's going to say they are blessed because of you? Somebody needs to say, if Mr. Mbogwa would not have come into my life, I would be in bad shape. If Martha would not have come into my life, I would be in bad shape. If you and you and you would not have been in somebody's life, they would be in bad shape. Because church, you see, if we do not reach out to others, 
some bad things are going to happen. I, I don't like this picture, but it's up there. See the feet on, on your right side? Look at the toenails. They are nicely spread out, right? And they look healthy. The ones on your left, look at his toenail. It looks infected, right? Because it is ingrown. And an ingrown toenail hurts. It has pus in it. It smells bad. It is painful. If you sit here and don't become spread out like healthy toenails, you are going to become ingrown. And you're going to be in pain. You're going to smell bad. You're going to start bringing words that hurt out of your mouths. And Jesus is going to be like, ooh, those look like goats, not sheep that I want. So spread your blessings out. Spread your blessings out. Give, give, give. And as you do that, I believe this church is going to grow. Now I'm speaking prophetically. This church is going to grow. And one of the ways to grow this church is to go to those nursing homes, to go to those Section 8 apartments, to go to the streets, to the homeless, and bless them. And they're going to ask, who are you? Where are you from? Which church? And as long as you are open to have a homeless man come into your sanctuary, they will follow you. To have a madman follow you. And we know what to do with mad people. We are not afraid of them. To now, the name that passes all names. We have so much. Sitaki muone ati hamuna, nyinyi ni watu wakupewa. Laini ikiambiwa, wale wanataka kitu wapokea, kupokea, muna kuja kupokea. Laini ikiambiwa, wale wanataka kupeana, hakuna mtu. God is inviting us to this line because we are blessed people and we have so much. Amen? Amen. Let us not become ingrown and hurt each other and ourselves. Many churches break and have issues when they come to this part. They are not growing out. They are not spread out healthy. They are like this then trouble begins. Think about that, church. And I see you as a healthy church. A healthy church that is growing, that is going to keep growing. When you come before the Lord and worship him, it is not for nothing. When you pray, he hears. When you ask him, Lord, increase our numbers, he hears that. And then we get out there and we get busy. We get out there and we get busy. Na kama munaona kama kuko na pepo, zinazuia you grow, go there. Hmm? And take charge in Jesus' name. And pray about it. And God will reveal himself to you. And then what will you become? Distinguished sheep. As we bless others, we are blessed. You might not be many in number, 
But Jesus, amen, I hear you. But Jesus knows exactly what, where you are and what he's inviting you to do and to be. And today, I have come with a message that you are a growing church. I have come with a message that you are going to be distinguished sheep Amen. as you focus outward, not inside, not to yourselves, but to other people who are needy. I have tried hard to show you that there's needs in America. I have tried hard to show you that you are here for a purpose. You're not just here. See, Bahati, God ordained for you to be here. And if he called you here, then he wants you to walk in obedience. Let's stand up.